The Brutally Speaking podcast is proudly sponsored by Starving Artist Brewing. Starving Artist Brewing may be a small speck on Michigan's beer map, but they say big things come in small packages. A brewery who really puts their money where their mouth is, supporting underground artists far and wide. Making delicious beers with the simple belief that you should judge beer, not people. Brutally Speaking Podcast is proudly sponsored by Rockabilia.com. For over 30 years, Rockabilia has been the go-to destination for all things band merch. With over 500,000 items in their online store and collaborations with today's hottest bands, you're sure to find something you love. Use our code BREW10 at checkout and take 10% off your total order. So go pick up your favorite new piece of merch now over at rockabilia.com. Now, on to the show. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Brutally Speaking Podcast. I am your host, John, and this episode's guests are Tyler and Lee of Hollow Front. Uh, always love having Tyler come back on. Uh, this is, I believe, his third time uh, of being on the show. First time for Lee to come on. Um, it, it's always kind of interesting to kind of have Hollow Front Tyler on. Um, Given the fact that when I started this show, you know, I had what was the iteration of Hollow Front then here in my office where I'm still doing this show. And it's always kind of an interesting parallel, maybe like a mirror into how I see sort of the show where it's there was sort of the the excitement of doing something new. You're not entirely sure where it's going to go. And it's just fun and it's exciting to now a handful of years later. Uh, it's more serious. It is a profession. It is a job. It is, well, it's still exciting. It's still all those things that I said previously, but there's just an interesting, like I said, a parallel between what, how I see hollow front and the show and myself. And I, I kind of will always correlate the things because, uh, I, I feel like in a sense, God, this is just going to sound so fucking shitty. Uh, so I'll just say it. I'll just say the thing. And I, and I don't mean it to make myself sound uh, bigger or anything like that, but there just kind of becomes this thing where you realize as you travel around, uh, and and in the case of Holofront, touring, where you kind of realize, like, it's one thing to kind of be big, and and I'll say kind of complacent to be big in your hometown, but it's something else when it kind of becomes a thing outside of where you live. It's kind of astonishing, honestly, that you'll go somewhere and someone will be like, hey, you know, love this song or your song means this, or you'll get messages or you'll get DMS or whatever. And it's just crazy. And you know, a little bit of that is me coming off of just coming back from Buffalo for uh, the better lovers, Blissmas uh, Christmas show in Buffalo, New York. And uh, I, I kind of posted about this on, on my socials. Um, so maybe people didn't see it, but it was kind of a, a surreal thing. Um, you know, I, I had a couple people at, uh, the Sabres game that, you know, 300 fans plus the, the band ended up going to. I uh, had a couple people that were like, hey, man, really like the show. Uh, you know, it's really awesome, da-da-da. And granted, I don't know if it's literally because the last episode I posted before I went was 
the Better Lovers episode. So like someone might just be like, I like that episode, <laughs> not necessarily the show. Uh, but it is also a thing where, uh, and it was kind of, for me, uh, and I was just talking to a friend about this uh, this morning, actually, of what I'm recording, that it got a little weird uh, for me. I'm still not good with taking compliments. I've never really been good with taking compliments. I'll, I'll kind of deflect uh, and, and put the shine on something else I think is more deserving. But it was kind of weird because, like, you know, I ran into Mitch a couple of times throughout the weekend, and, you know, we had some talks and good hangs. Um, thanks for buying my wife and I some drinks at the pink. Much appreciated. And we're at the game. We're about to go on the ice, and this dude that was standing right in front of Mitch and I turns around. He's like, man, I really love your show. It's super awesome. Really been killing it lately. You know, just, you know, congrats. And Mitch and I had just been talking about how, like, that episode of theirs had, you know, charted, was doing really well, did, like, quick little fist bump, you know, in, in regards to that. And then the compliment came, and it it felt awkward to me. Uh, I'm not good at kind of receiving praise. Um, and, you know, I, I constantly joke that it, anyone can do this because I think anyone literally can. It's just talking, and, and I don't... I don't feel like that's a skill, um, but I suppose to some, uh, and I'm kind of getting better at understanding this, that some people are just not as uh, talkative uh, outwardly um, as I am, and so it just kind of creates this this interesting thing. Um, so it kind of becomes a thing where it was just kind of embarrassing to to kind of, you know, receive praise, um, so, but thank you uh, to that person, and, and I realized that they've been following me, like, on my personal Instagram for a little while. And then I like it dawned on me. I was like, Oh fuck. That's so, that's who that person was. I should have known better. Um, I'm just, like I said, I'm not, uh, it's not my mindset. And, and I think Tyler sort of is the same way. I think the dudes in hollow front are the same way where, you know, I think they're just making and doing something that is uniquely them and needs to happen and needs to be said. And it just so happens to resonate with a lot of other people. And, I see Tyler's posts quite a bit on Facebook where it's just like, you know, I'm not, not anyone special. I'm not any of these things. And, and it's so weird. Cause it's like, I identify with that. Um, but it is sort of a bit of a challenge. I think for some of us to realize that when we put ourselves out there in, in these different mediums of entertainment, uh, that eventually there's going to be someone hopefully that finds a similar bond in, in how we, are maybe that we have said something that resonates with them and they've just never been able to put the words to it. Um, and I think with music, obviously, you can tap into an emotion and then the lyrics that match those emotions, and it's it's the perfect amalgamation of things that you, you've been thinking but never could put pen to paper or vocalize or whatever. And I think for that reason, uh, I think that's why Holofront has done so well uh, but it's obviously in pushing each other and pushing themselves beyond where they're comfortable, I think, that has created the best art that they have. And their new record is no different. Um, obviously, now with it kind of being a two-piece, uh, just with Lee and, and Tyler, uh, I think it's really interesting to to kind of navigate that. I, I always find uh, when how to pivot and how to change something when, when maybe something isn't working or maybe it is working, but just somebody else, you know, can't be involved in the process anymore, something has changed, what does that look like? How do you navigate that? How do you go forward? And I think for me, the, the big thing I was interested in talking to Lee and, and Tyler about was how do you move forward, especially for Tyler? Once again, this is almost like the third iteration or fourth iteration of the band. How do you go forward? How do you how do you navigate that? Because like in you could go a multitude of different ways and and 
I think, like I said, I was very excited to hear the new Holofront record and, and to see where they went. And I think both Lee and uh, Tyler really pushed each other to be the best version of Holofront at this point. And uh, obviously, as you'll hear, uh, they loved talking shit on each other. <laughs> and uh, it was a good time. So without further ado, let's get into my conversation with Tyler and Lee, and I'll talk to you all on the other side of it. <laughs> That's a big word um, for you, Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> so sort of actually in, in talking uh, about what we were just kind of talking about before I was rolling. So we were kind of uh, all sharing instances of, of uh, friends <laughs> who, uh, you know, essentially kind of have had a rough go of it and kind of mental illness and stuff like that. And, you know, I think something I was just going to say before I hit record was, you know, at times you got to understand that maybe you don't have the bandwidth for people and it's okay to, to express that. And something I've kind of been talking to a, a handful of people in the last week or so is kind of understanding when and vocalizing when something maybe isn't working anymore and deciding to kind of make the change or a pivot. And I feel like and this is more to Tyler just because I know him having done this project from the jump. This is kind of essentially your what third iteration of, of the band, a kind of a restart or rebrand of sorts for you now at this point. It's like every album. Almost. It might be four. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I would say it's probably close to that. Um, the first five members and then this, yeah, it's probably like the fourth iteration. But I mean, technically it's the, it seems like it's different just because it's just Lee and I about now, but it's not really that much different. It's well, like he, he made a joke a long time ago in like 2020 and 2019. He was like, man, if this isn't the final fucking version of the band, I'm quitting. I'm over this shit. Like, this is the <laughs> band now. And if it changes, I'm just we're not we're not doing this anymore. And I've already behold, quit. I just didn't know yet. <laughs> it's It's coming. Well, what I was going to kind of ask for you then, sorry to cut you off, but it was kind of, I guess, more of how how do you tackle that? Like, do you tackle it as a really good, like, it's a refresh, it's a restart, I kind of come at this mentally from a different perspective of wherever I was previously, or do you bring some of that with you into the new iteration? I think this time was probably the hardest one just because i was a lot more attached to dakota and dakota was a lot more attached to the project than than um any of the previous members you know like no offense to the old members but you swap out a drummer you swap out a bassist and no one really bats an eye you know it's when you swap out a guitar player who's plays the leads or when you swap out a person who sings majority of the clean singing that that it gets to be a lot more complicated and honestly i had in my head i didn't think I know Dakota had struggled and I, and I struggled too. You know, I shit, I struggle all the time. Um, but I didn't think he was ever going to quit. So I was just kind of like, Oh, you know, he, you know, he'll figure it out and he'll get over it. But, uh, to answer the second part of your question, did it like reinvigorate my, my, like my vision for the band? Absolutely. Just because I think, um, 
at first it was scary because we didn't really know if I was going to be able to pull off the, the singing and stuff. I mean, we knew I could do some stuff, but we didn't know if I could handle like the whole load. Um, mm. But so doing that was kind of scary, but it was it was fun. We had we had a blast making this record. Any, if it's any consolation, Tyler, I know I, I knew you could do it because we had tracked singing before. But what kind of songs we had to write to cater to your voice for this album was like the tough part it's just like okay here's here's what we've done with like wearing thin and here's what we've done with kind of like these chiller more atmospheric breaks with dakota's voice and like how do we approach that from the perspective of slotting in tyler and if you try to do the same shit musically it, it sounds goofy as hell it does not work so it's like how do you how do you be the same band and like the same shit and want to do the same shit that you've built your bands like sound on and do something that still is effective and works for Tyler. So this album, if anything, was just like, all right, let's sit down for a month and write some songs that will set up Tyler for success. Cause you know, if we had, if we tried to, if you tried to do something like wearing thin or even in some cases, kind of like loose threads without Dakota, you're like, this is not going to work. But then again, you know, like stay with me and wearing th- or um... we just I just do it in a different way. I can't I can't replicate what we did with Dakota. Yeah. But we I, I in my personal opinion, I think we could write any song and figure out a way to implement my vocals into it. Um, whether it's like a wearing thin or something, I think I, th- I don't think it's impossible. I think it's it's uncharted territory for us. So I, I guess think for- it was. Sorry, I think go, it was safer to go to the rock, like the rock side, you know, yeah. because that's how I, I gravitate more towards that anyways. Like, I just enjoy <laughs> that type of music more than I do a little, you know, not that I don't like the kind of like poppy stuff as well, but I, I like rock music. That's just how I've grown up and what I've gravitated towards. Well, I guess as like a as like a quote, this is such a silly term, but like, I guess as a ghostwriter, when I'm working for bands or like even for my band. I write everything with a context of like, this is cool, but this is what this project either needs or will work, or this is what the vocalist will succeed with. And so that's just, I I would think that way with Hollowfront, but I, I, I guess I just thought that way even more for this record because it's just like I had Tyler's, Tyler's little voice in the back of my head behind my chair the whole time I was writing, even if I was by myself. <laughs> and half the time, I mean, he was just hanging out on that couch, I mean, yeah, yelling I, at me like, hey, that part's stupid. Do it again. Like, okay. All right. Yeah, now you know how it feels because when I'm in the when I'm in the booth, you go, uh, that sucked. Uh, do it again. Uh, do it again. Uh, do it again. Uh, do it again. Make them uh, like record a melody and fucking repeat it again. Don't change it, Tyler. Like establish a melody and fucking repeat it for the love of God. I hate you. <laughs> Quit changing. <laughs> Whatever. Lee, is it, you know, you, you kind of touched on something and we kind of joked about it before we were recording, but, you know, obviously being associated with so many different projects and, you know, I joke that you're more of like the John Feldman role where it's not that you just produce, but you get in, you kind of start helping with the songwriting and help make the songs as best as they can. Like, you know, that's something I've always heard in such a positive manner about working with you is that you work to make the song the best it can be for whoever you're working with, regardless of what style it is or whatever. But knowing that you work with so many bands do, you know, like, I don't want to say like, just do the TikTok-y type thing where you just write jokey shit, but it showcases also, <laughs> hey, I, I mix mastered this, I wrote all this shit, like this is also kind of a, a digital business card of sorts of what I can do. 
is it hard sort of to compartmentalize yourself like that into different projects and different writing styles and go, this isn't like you might be working for something and maybe a melody you're working on doesn't fit for that project. Remembering like that could be something maybe for Tyler later on. Like, is it easy for you to compartmentalize your, your ideas like that? So I'll answer. I have like three responses, I guess for that, but I'll try to keep it short. So like, it's a podcast, man. You Wait, got time. Well, you don't. Yeah, but. fair. fair. <laughs> so I guess to, to unpack that, there's a couple of strategies that you can use. Mm-hmm. A, the number one most important thing about like working with an artist oftentimes is just having them in a stream or in the room. Like when I worked with any locals or any band that comes in or any like national level bands like Prada or Silverstein or whatever, there's usually somebody on the other side of the webcam that's going like, oh, that's cool. I like that. Or... So usually like it, I just, it, I need to be good about communicating with them. Like, is this cool? Do you like this? How, how well have I listened to your discography and how well can I replicate what you guys have done? But anything I write, people are gonna be like, oh, I can tell Lee did that. Cause it's, it's inescapable. I have my own sonic footprint. So it's like, so it's going to come out sounding a little bit like me, the but leads. The lead yeah, leads. I just, I, yeah, for a long time locally, I was like, yeah, nobody was writing guitar leads into their music. So it's like if somebody heard one that was a little bit like slidey sounding, they're like, oh, shit. that was." I always I told Lee he should make his own uh, little uh, thing, Le- leads by Lee, you know, and kind of like. <laughs> like a plug-in? <laughs> yeah, dude. Le- that was like one Lee. of my main jobs for the first Holofront album when I was producing is just production and leads. Like they, they kind of handled a lot of the breakdowns, but it's like yeah, any of the melodic components was kind of, that's a good example. It's like, damn, Tyler's voice is so emotional. It's like, how do we suck more out of that? It's like, if you took all the atmosphere and leads away for a hollow front and be like, there's what the f- there's no point. <laughs> Honestly, though, I don't think on that first EP, I don't think you, because we wrote a lot of the instrumentals and stuff before we wrote them before we you never heard my vocals speaking in tongues we did you never even heard me scream until yeah i suppose that's a good point so maybe it wasn't your voice that drove me to that conclusion maybe it was more just like how do we contextualize how this breakdown is supposed to be making me feel and if it isn't making me feel anything then vocals aren't going to make me feel anything either well and not even that music music without atmosphere or any just if it's just straight like just straight guitar and just straight to me uh, that doesn't make me feel anything it's yeah, just kind of like it's like okay i've you know and it, not not to shit on those kind of bands because they have a space for sure but for me personally i like to hear melody with heavy like it, to me the the marriage of those two styles really like it's it's like it's like you know kill switch and those kind of bands oh, like yeah yeah back in the day like it was like holy shit like but- i'm i want to cry but also want to like uh mosh in my bedroom you know kind of a shit that's why it's so important to when you are in a musical that's why bands break up that's why band members don't work out is like if you can find one or two people in a project that align musically really well you can actually go really far and tyler and i have always aligned super well like out of everybody mm-hmm. that i've been in bands with out of everybody that has been in hollow front he and i musically really get down to like metalcore and melodic hardcore and not just straight heavy not just straight gent not straight just whatever it's like whatever people have been hearing out of Hollowfront, that's just something that tyler and i agree on which is why we make such a good team it's like yeah we still 
bicker about like no the bridge is fucking stupid and we will change it but or like, mostly i we bicker mostly about a uh, vocal vocal stuff because it's like that's i don't know we, i i think like i'll write something. i guess it's like 50 50 i'll write an instrumental sometimes 60, and you'll be 40. like yo dude this is fucking stupid nobody's gonna listen to this i hate this and i'm like damn all right. Well, he's exaggerating. The- I never. I know, I'm never that. <laughs> I'm never that like that. No, just kidding. I am like that. I'm definitely like, that. Sucks, dude. No, you'll you'll sit there. behind me and be like, no. I think you're. I think you're number That's one. Like, no, your number one way of like not liking something is you're like this isn't fucking hair metal. I'm not hair metal. I hate hair metal. It's like I don't hate. Tyler, I don't, this is nothing hate, like hair metal. I do not hate hair metal. I just don't want to be in a hair metal band. <laughs> it'll be like it'll be like a rock section. Or I don't want to like, be Dragon is... Force or something. I don't know. Just, <laughs> yeah, it's like you're, you're it'll be a sec- when it's just too happy sounding. I want it to be sad and just make it sad. Yeah, I, like I'm the melancholy guy. But if I make anything that's like slightly uplifting, he's like, I fucking hate hair metal. This is nothing, stupid. Nothing in the major key, dude. Just everything in the minor. <laughs> minor. What's funny is it's not. Not even in the major keys, just like I don't not care. inherently just depressing like sounding. Yes, this is this is the shit I deal with. Well, right. I think you guys are hitting on something that I, I've talked about quite a bit. As I feel like it's it's two ways you can kind of look at it. First of all, I, I think when you start working and breaking down how bands work internally you tend to find that it's like one or two dudes anyway. Oh yeah, like I remember like a. a something I've said ad nauseum is like when I got the, uh, a death grip on yesterday DVD and like Brandon's coming with full songs and he's playing guitar and he's showing like Dan and Travis how to play the riff that he came up with. And I was like, wait, what the fuck? I didn't know Brandon could play, play guitar, let alone was writing all these songs. And then it becomes a thing when like the DVD extras on CDs, like back in the like mid to early two thousands became a thing. You kind of saw that it wasn't always like, the the band dynamic that you used to always think of like well the drummer drums and and the singer sings and writes all the lyrics and it's mm-hmm. like you know even like seven dust you find out that like lejean pretty much doesn't write anything it's he's just literally the vocalist and it's clint and and morgan that kind of write the the melodies and the vocals and so forth right. and when you kind of start learning how bands work some people like when it became and i hate to say it like this but like whittled down to you two i'm sure a lot of people were like well, what the fuck? All the, all the good parts of the band are left. The good songwriters are gone. And it's like, no, it kind of was always this. Now you're just learning that this is what it really kind of always was because it just yeah, happens think, to stay this way now. I think for sure, because I've definitely gotten like, oh, their lead guitarist left. Like when Dakota left, they thought our lead guitarist yeah. left. And I'm not shitting on Dakota at all. Like he, uh, he wrote maybe two full songs and maybe threw in a couple parts and some songs that were. But for the most part, Lee wrote everything, all the songs, all the leads, all the atmosphere, all the. And then Dakota would come in and do his vocal parts and then we'd work together on that. Or he'd he'd have something that we didn't even need to give him any, you know, any um, criticism on. And and then I would do the same thing. And then I would say I would say it's always been kind of like a 70 or 60, 40, 70, 30, where it's Lee doing most of the stuff. And then the, the, we come in and we do our thing as well. But yeah, like, I don't think the sound has changed at all. I think it's just the only thing about the sound that changes is, is the singing with, without Dakota, you know? And I, and I, I understand people's, I understand people's uh, opinions on like, Oh, I like the band bear with Dakota. Like, I understand that. Like I felt the same way about bands when they lose a, when they lose a singer and they get a new guy and it's like, 
well, I'm not the, I'm not a new guy, but I'm just, I'm just picking up the the slack because I don't want to get someone else new because I think that's, I think that's dumb because we, we were, we were about to write a record. We, what were we just going to do? Find somebody just because they could sing and throw them into our band. You know, like once somebody starts singing in the band, they're a face of the band. And I feel like I don't want another face unless it really makes sense. Like somewhere down the line, you know, we're never saying never, but for now I'm happy with what we've accomplished. Can I ask a, a possibly very weird question? I could possibly sort of, be a really weird answer. Okay. So I know you obviously toured with We Car and mm-hmm. obviously them being local uh, to us here in Michigan and so forth and uh, losing, you know, Kyle. Dependent on how good of a relationship you have from, from touring with them, was there ever maybe reaching out to them and just kind of s- figuring out like, we're possibly losing our, you know, our other voice, our other face, our other vocalist. What was it like for you all to figure out, do we add someone new? Do we just forge as, as the unit exists currently? Um, is that something like where maybe you reach out to some of the, the people that have already gone through this and, and figure that out, get some help figuring it out? Or do you just figure it out on your own? Uh, You know, I, I've thought about reaching out to Dave because I think out of all the people in WeCart, I'm the mo- Dave is like my favorite. No offense to the mm-hmm. other guys. I I just for some reason Dave is like he's just like a dad. He's not a dad, but he's a dad. He just seems he's just you know he's he's a carpenter at home and stuff. Like he's just he's just very more my style of a person. Uh, unless he's mm-hmm. like unless it becomes hallway Dave, but that's another story. Um, but I think I I don't I don't reach out to people like that. I just I'm I'm very outspoken about like mental health and my mental health, but I'm not very good at practicing when i preach sometimes you know i don't i don't mm. reach out to people and i don't for one i just sometimes i don't even think about it you know and i've thought about reaching out to dave uh more recently than anything because i'm more i'm more um interested in because he took over both spots and he's he's done an amazing job i was very impressed touring with them uh we played like 80 shows with them in less than two years and i out of all the vocalists i'm very impressed by him and i i I, I give him kudos because he took the second person's job and he, he enveloped it and, and he did, he's doing it with old songs too, you know, like not just, not yeah. just new stuff. He's playing old songs and singing Kyle's parts and he's doing an amazing job. Uh, but I was more interested in, in figuring, talking to him more about his live, like how, hmm. how he went from just being the screamer to doing both because that's where I'm, that's where I lie right there, you know? And I think it's a lot different because, Kyle passed away like it right it's, it's not the same as Dakota like like it's no. still alive but I feel like yeah. I feel like them that to them it, it was a no-brainer because it's like we can't replace our brother you know it's like um to me I think that I think that they wouldn't have you know it, it's a little bit different of a situation if no 100 percent too I feel like we actually had that conversation very briefly with Kingdom of Giants actually of all bands and that was I think Maybe I could be wrong, Tyler, but that's when I think our final decision of like, all right, we're never fucking putting somebody else here. Like, it's just let's just do it with you. Maybe that completely got final, even though we had. I feel like I'd already come to that. Yeah, we'd had most of the album written by then. But I I could tell that a light bulb went off in your in your head when you were talking to this guy. You're like, yeah, dude, I fucking agree. I'm I'm staying to elaborate on. I just related for sure. I was related. They had. They had lost their vocalist and they were like, fuck, what are we going to do? Our breakout record with our vocalist. And he's like, you know, 
I think we can do this. And I'm speaking as, you know, kingdom of giants. Um, I think I can do this as just like doing it with my vocals. And I never want to put another buddy in this slot because if I were to do that, then I'm kind of like, if that person were to leave, then it would be very difficult to keep going without them. And when you have specifically vocals, like realistically, I could be in the background or I could be in the band and people would be like, they wouldn't care as much because I'm a guitar player. As long as the music sounds similar, it's like whatever. But if you take a vocalist and you then you remove them, especially with something as prominent as like, let's say, like for us, Loose Threads, they're like, God, that was like my favorite part of the band. What are we going to do? So it's like if we would like to avoid ever having that happen to us again. So it's like, it's mm. going to be tough to ever give, f not faith, but like be difficult for us to entrust the brand or like the sound of the band to another voice. Cause it, I mean, people come and go in music. It's, it's definitely not permanent. And the fact that Tyler and I've, you know, stuck it out for the amount of time it, that we have is kind of rare. So it's like, mm. as long as we can rely on each other, it's like, cool. We have something consistent forever. Whereas, you know, if we were to have another person come in, they're like, you know, um, my cat died. I, I can't do this anymore. I'm quitting. And it's like, it could be either something like that or like, hey, man, I, you know, I'm moving and it's really tough. It's like life fucking happens. Like shit happens. And if you can, only, if you only have to rely off of on one other person, you're like, all right, I think we're pretty stable. <laughs> it's, but also, it, you know, it puts a lot of, uh, horror on that one relationship so if tyler really uh, pisses I mean, me off he's never coming back <laughs> oh well don't even fucking i'll come to your house right now um actually i i think that's another thing it's like i'm not going like lee's not going anywhere i'm not going anywhere even if like even if we stop touring even if we stop doing like trying to do the whole like normal like blowing up kind of thing we just did internet stuff like we could do that like we he we record the whole album at least. We just we don't have to self worry so much about. Yeah, we don't have to worry so much. If you about, had a gun to my head, I I'm pretty confident we could make like three albums a year. Like if that was yeah. both. If people I, would hate if us, I didn't work. I know if if I didn't work for any other bands, and I went full time Holofront, and you were focused on full time Holofront as you are right now, like we could. Yeah, we could do like three records a year, and then I and I would still be itching to be like fuck. I still want to make more shit. <laughs> I like, I have to make stuff. Otherwise I just implode as a human being. Luckily with this album, it came out much quicker than our other album. So it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't as long of a wait, but it was still almost too long. I hate the like, wait. I, I fucking like, Come hate on, it. let's just Dude, put it out. Yeah. I'm not excited. If, if you make me sit on material for like a year or two, like, dude, I just, I, I'm on to the next thing, man. There was a, a band. Um, I haven't put out the record. I haven't put out the episode technically like it was on the patreon when i was doing that thing like hey here's episodes i'm never putting out for various reasons and the person i was talking to like they had put out a single and they were on a label and had just like finished warp tour and shit like that and i was like so when's the record coming out and they're like oh well we've been sitting on the record for i think at the time they said that they had been sitting on the record done completed for like nine months and that record i don't think still technically has come out because that person longer in the band and they have a new vocalist conveniently enough uh to this conversation but it's a thing like like i mean even like yesterday like uh a friend of mine in a band sent me their new record i think it's the first of the masters because i think based on the like little descriptions it looks like it's the first round of mastering they've gotten uh for the record and 
I was like, oh, this is cool. I was like, oh, I can't wait to talk to so-and-so about this record. And then I was like, fuck, it may be like five or six months before this bitch even comes out <laughs> just due to, to vinyl and everything else. So you're sort of at this weird thing where it's like I talk all the time about like, I feel like the idea of dropping singles makes a lot more sense because if you want to do something creatively, it's a little bit left to center from what you're used to doing. At least if you drop it when it's inspiring and, and you're in the moment of that feeling, mm-hmm. it won't come as such a surprise as two years later. And then all of a sudden like, what the fuck is this? Because either that, that thing, that spark that in, inspired it. And, or if you're not saying you're catching on a trend, but like, you know, it might be something where you look back on it two years from now and you're like, that was clearly written in this like time period uh, based well, on like the, music that was out at that point. One of the benefits to, I don't know if you feel this way, Tyler, but one of the benefits to, for me, having an Instagram and like posting riffs there is for a long time, that's the nice in between. That's the nice middle ground. So like I can come downstairs, write a riff for two hours or an hour, whatever it is. I can make something. I'm like, oh, okay, this is cool. And film it and then post it to social media either that day or the next morning when i'm like yeah that was, that was cool I, i'm excited to show people that and then to see that the immediate trickle in and the immediate feedback i'm like damn that should be a song this is cool so it's like that is the nice it's really nice to get to do that as an artist when you're so used to writing for other people and not taking credit for writing or like not being able to put out your own band's music until like a year after you've written it. And that's, that's wonderful. And I've even said that on Instagram where people are like, man, why don't you turn more of these into songs? I'm like, that's not what they're meant to be. These are, these are <laughs> me getting to like be excited for once on a release and just like immediately giving it to people after I write it. So I don't know if you get that with your covers or not, Tyler, but it is kind of um, nice to make something, be proud of it and then immediately share it with people. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I agree. I agree with that. I think that's why I like. I don't know. I think albums will always have a place just because there's people that love albums. I love albums. I I wouldn't ever want to just do just singles forever with no kind of like releases as far as like compilations. Um, but yeah, and I mean, I think being able to put a spotlight on all your songs instead of because like songs song at the end of records, especially those songs suffer. Like good things never last is suffering just because it's second to last song when when that song should be doing better if we put that song out as a single it would have been doing 10 times better um but i think that l- albums and stuff will always kind of be will always kind of be in my in my uh, vocabulary that's why it's it's so tough to like pick the singles because you're like i know i'm dooming the ones that won't be a single to not getting as many streams but it's like you're you're almost picking favorites of your children. You're like, how do I do this? I love all of my children, but no, you don't. I love you know, some of my children. That's less. a lot. No, not not in real life. My song children. <laughs> yeah, not my real I mean, life children. I love all of them. We equally. always step away from a record, and we're like, yeah, let's never do that again, or let's let's try to avoid doing X, Y, or Z again. Yeah, like, there's always look, one song. You there's always an itch on every record where we're like, ooh, that was we tried that, but that's why, like, like our song, the itch. That that's. That's oh, what that. I meant by saying oh, the itch. You said, oh, I thought you said you said a itch. So I thought maybe you said something to scratch or something. Oh uh, no, but I don't know. I get what you're you saying. Up on that show, that song that's sucked. <laughs> but um, I think that's why the uh, people next like re- it. There's some people that like that song. I'm gonna start. I've already. I wrote or let me back up. I made the template for the next record, which for me it's always like, okay, 
new drum tones, new guitar tones, new bass tones, new instrumental bus, new master new bus. Vocalist. I wrote, I made that last night for the next record, just of like, here's the starting point. Here's what I'm going to use to write the next record. And I did that so that I'm like, okay, anytime that I have an itch for writing, I'm going to use this. This is brand new. I've never used this before. This is going to put me in a new mental space to be excited to write new material. Um, and I'm planning on going back to what I did before I was a producer, which was like the first Seraphim. If you, I'm assuming you remember that band. The first Seraphim record that I wrote, I wrote like 40 or 50 songs and we used five of them. And so, and what that ensured, that's why Tabula Rasa, if you remember that record, that's why I feel like the songwriting was so good on that song because I allowed myself to fail. I didn't feel like everything that I had, that I wrote had to be on a fucking record. And it's like, no matter how good you are, I think that's really healthy to do, especially if you're like, if you don't want to write the same damn song every time and you don't want to be safe, you don't want to just do like the octane thing on every song because that's got a <laughs> formula that you can follow. But it's like, if it I does. want to be, a, if I want to be a musician and I want to write hollow front and I want to write the best songs possible, what I would like to do is I would like to write like, you know, 30 or 40 songs for the next record and have Tyler and I be like, all right, fuck that. Let's not do that. This isn't, uh-uh. We're not going to do that. But it's like, you know, maybe one in every five songs. You're like, damn, okay, this is exciting. Let's do this. And then, you know, a completely different kind of song. It doesn't have to match that. So I just, I want to write more material in the future. And then I've got lots of projects that I can just like throw the B-sides on. Or maybe we can like, we talked about maybe doing a Patreon at some point. We can take all those B-sides and let people listen to them as their own experience. Or maybe Instagram. I don't know. But yeah, I just want to make more songs in the future. So you actually bring up something for me, and this is going to be very local, uh, but I think will appeal to people from a, a wider range, maybe with how I bring it out. You know, you're talking about how you, you wrote like 40 songs for Seraphim. And I remember mm-hmm. when that, I think it was, correct me if I'm wrong, because it's been so long, but that was an EP, right? I think it was only like yep. four or five songs. Okay. Yeah. So I remember feeling like, because most of those became videos and so forth, as, as we were sort of talking about earlier. And I just remember feeling like there was a connectivity between the five songs on that EP that like, there was even sort of a storyline in the videos and all this kind of other stuff. And I, I feel like at the time I felt like you all had kind of the recipe to be like, to get to that, to get out of our local scene and be something bigger because you had like, you know, Jordan is a, is a very charismatic, good looking guy. Great voice. Yeah. The band's sound on record sounded really good. You guys kind of were one of the first to kind of uh, feel like it wasn't a collection of songs that you're playing live and, and random banter in between. But it was it was a show like these songs have interludes. There's all this stuff we had. You guys had the scrims when that was what kind of was the big thing all of a sudden, like scrims and all that kind of shit. And, a, you know, it's somewhat of a light show or, or something more stage production. And it was something that I remember. And I can't remember if Tyler and I talked about this back then. Um, but I felt like I was I kept saying band should be paying attention to what you guys are doing because you're so self-reliant on your like you record everything. You produce it. You have someone that, you know, that helps film the music videos and does all that. 
but you keep it all internal. And in, in turn, it's like, you look at bands like kill switch engage or like some of these other bands where oh, it's like, yeah. they are like fit for an autopsy or like things like that, where it's like you get someone that's sort of able to kind of help. And it, you don't have all these extra hands in the fucking pot trying to dilute the, the product. And it's a thing for me. And this is where my question is where I feel like Seraphim was like, this close to like getting signed and kind of doing something on a bigger scale out of just here in Grand Rapids, were you able, or did you take what you had learned from working with Seraphim and getting it as far as you could and then getting it with hollow front going like, I think you guys are like, like maybe I'm the missing piece to get you over the hump and kind of get you where like we just couldn't before. So yes. And yes. And no. So I would say my experience of being in Seraphim was integral for me to meet other musicians. And it was integral for me to gain the experience of working with like working from a, the context of a band, because I took that experience of writing that first record. And then there on every band that I worked with in the future, I'm like, okay, I think I get this. I like, I get how to work with drummers. I get how to work with vocalists. This is the process. And I was also um, working with Johnny Frank, X mm. attack attack current Bill Murray mm. that guy recorded that record that I wrote for Seraphim and I I wasn't in Seraphim from the beginning I joined at Tabula Rasa and when I joined him like okay. this band is cool and Jordan's cool but like I don't want to be I don't want to do whatever you guys are doing again I I want to write my thing they're like yeah cool and I'm like okay sick um <laughs> and I met I met Johnny and immediately he and I became really close friends and he invited me back to like work on his other bands that he worked with and i helped like kind of with like some bill murray stuff and yeah he and i just became really close and that relationship is what catapulted me into being able to like do everything because i just watched him that first session that i had with him i'm like what's that compressor do what's that fucking do what's that why does your vocal chain look like that how do you master what do you charge bands Oh, okay. What what do you do for taxes at the end of the year? Oh, okay. Um, what's the process like? Oh, okay. I should be charging royalties too. Oh, okay. So it's like literally my whole model for why I became a full time musician came from him. And then mm. when you realize how, I mean, obviously you have to have talent, but it's like when you realize how easy the tools are, and you realize that like this is the way that it can be done. Here's a person who's doing it full time right now. Yeah, it became it becomes super simple. Like Holofront is cap is possible because I watched Johnny do that job. I watched him record bands and write everything for this band and to be a guitar, you know what I mean? So it's like without him, there wouldn't be a me. And then on the other side of that, it's like meeting Frankie, who's currently my roommate, who does all of our designs, and meeting Ned, who's our one of my best friends that does all of our video for the most part. We also have Jason, who's another close friend who I met through, through Frankie without any of those guys, this band isn't really possible. Um, mm. But it's like all of our closest friends and me and Tyler are the one who make everything. And so, yeah. So, so yes, kind of a long convoluted answer, but Seraphim helped establish my ability to do everything for a band because of the people I got to meet. And I think anybody would be, it's like if Jesse didn't start with kill switch, if any of if Will Putney didn't start with his band, it's I'm sure all of their experiences that were accrued musically before they started those projects, they'd probably say the same shit. Like, oh yeah, if I hadn't worked on this record, I don't know if I would have known how to do this or that. Or 
you know, because it is scary. The first time I had abandoned, I was like, fuck, I don't know if I can do this. <laughs> like, I don't know why these people are coming to me for a record. I've only made demos in my basement, but like, fuck it. I guess we're doing funny this. because you were very confident. So you. Oh, yeah, you, because you were yeah. like my third band or fourth band. But it's like before that, I'm like, I don't, I don't know. I was I also very that, good at faking confidence. <laughs> I think the other the other Struggle side hacks. of that, like the like why Seraphim didn't didn't go was go further was because of band members like band members and that no it's because jordan lost his fucking voice well that and well and, dude he, we were we sat on that record for like two or three years and he just wasn't mentally he was out of it like when that happened to jordan <laughs> i like it that's what killed seraphim for sure it's like and that's why all the other members started like not caring anymore because he wasn't able to do vocals Fair. he was barely able to talk for a year it without like a without watery... me though Hollowfront would have definitely broke up by now like it just that that's 100 percent facts like Hollowfront would not be a band right now if i had only the original members and it probably wouldn't have gotten past the original members just because we didn't have the we didn't have the cheap option to record with anybody and when we found lee it was like oh shit and then what lee turned our shitty garage music into um and what we were able to make out of that um and then continuing on every pretty much every record after that it's for a hundred percent, it's it's comes down to having solid people that aren't you know that don't have life life they have life problems but they don't let those problems get in the way and they and I I hundred percent believe Hollowfront would not be a band if uh, <laughs> if Lee wasn't around because I probably would have quit a long time ago. <laughs> I mean to throw to to throw some of the credit back Tyler's way. I mean you and I talked about this a little bit before Tyler got in, but it was like I recorded a shit ton of bands. And like when I first started back in like 2016 ish, and I also wrote a shit ton of songs for those bands. And unless you have a good vocalist with a story to tell or with a vision or with whatever the it factor is for a band, there are so many vocalists that are in the metal scene that either do it on a lower level or what have you. They aren't able to convey their emotion and their scream. They're just barely can do the technique unless somebody like me gets paired up with somebody like Tyler. It doesn't fucking, you can write the coolest instrumental, which I'm sure you've heard like, and you'll hear a band. You're like, why haven't these guys popped off? And then you hear the vocalist. You're like, Oh, that's why. And it's like, without Tyler, without Jordan, without any of the talented vocalists that I have worked with, my work doesn't matter. The, like real, and that's kind of some of the maturity in realizing that songwriting really is in, in metal. It's slightly different because like breakdowns are a big factor, and like mood is a big factor. But vocalists, in my mind, are what make or break whether a band can be successful. So if I had never met Jordan, if I had never met Tyler, if I was just a guy who was struggling in a scene with a bunch of vocalists who sucked, I would be fucking nothing. I would be absolutely nothing. None of the bands, none of the music I would have ever written would have ever reached anybody because nobody cares. It's like you, you like you have to have a vessel or unless a that vo- unless there's a vocalist that has maybe he's not like the best. He just has like a thing about him. Yeah. And, and there that, are there are those there yeah. are those vocalists out there that aren't like the best. But it's like they make the music just because they're they have their own weird, quirky, unique thing going about that. I don't say that I I I, I would say that I have my own thing, but uh, definitely. um I don't know. I just have done it for so fucking long. Like you're, this is my 12th band. So it was like all those bands and all those failures uh, to, to got to get to here. I, I practiced a lot and was able to, you know, when I came here, I had luckily I had 
I was going through a divorce. Not luckily, but luckily now. Yeah. Eight years <laughs> thank God years. you went through that divorce. Dude. Yeah. Thank so God I went through that divorce. Well, because that's really what fueled. Because yeah, before that, I never wrote lyrics about my real problems. I wrote lyrics about shit that didn't matter. Fictional shit, you know, just for whatever. It was a deathcore band, you know, deathcore on brand bullshit or whatever. But this band, I was like, I'm really going to just dive in and just say, put it on paper, everything that I've wanted to say out loud that I'm not able to, because it's, you know, it's, it's, it's fucked up shit. And it's like, I'm it's it. And you don't, I don't know. Mental health, health, mental health is weird. And people don't like to put all their shit out there. A lot of people don't, but a lot of people do. And I wasn't really the person that's like, I want everyone to know that I'm, you know, this down or whatever, but it worked out. And I don't, I couldn't imagine writing songs any other way now because for me that opened up like this band really cemented who I am as a vocalist because it, it, it opened up that the floodgate of being able to connect with people on a deeper level than just, uh, than just having sick screams, you know, it was like the lyrics actually started to matter and people can connect. And you know, I'm able to talk to people about it and have conversations about, you know, mental health problems and stuff like that. And never did that before. So I think that that was a big step. For me you're, in this you're able to filter your life forward slash melancholy forward slash pain forward slash lots of different topics that kind of fall into that emo category you're able to focus those things from your life and explain them passionately in a way that uh, for whatever reason vocalists are afraid of doing all the time and i just now in the last year or two whenever i have a vocalist come in here and try to tell me that they want to write a song about some bullshit that has nothing to do with their life. And I'm like, you're being a pussy. I fucking know you have something to say. <laughs> you better fucking say it because this song deserves it. And you know it. Please cancel. And you're, yeah, you're like, quit. Like you need to like, I want you to confront the shit that you're thinking about right now. Like we're, we're in a generation where everybody complains about being anxious and depressed. And it's like, I know you got some shit to say, say it. I don't want to hear about, some fucking dinosaur from 30 years ago. I don't even fucking know. <laughs> dinosaur. Some 30 year old dinosaur. Dude, it's some some space I gent. Hear that song. If I hear another song about space gent, I'm gonna lose my fucking mind. Oh, like, yeah, dude, the, stop. Uh, you need to write this about something that matters like that. to you, otherwise nobody else will matter. And well, I think like, like, sorry. No, 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 go ahead. Well, I was gonna say, like, and I'm sure like I'm forgetting a song somewhere in there, but so forgive. Um but there was like a track when like going back and listening to the record today that I was like, and I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't remember your old band, Tyler. I was like, is it bury tomorrow? Kill tomorrow. And I was like, I don't know. There's oh, too many of those. Bury the silence. Bury the silence. Um, that class, there was a song that kind of harkened back vocally to that. And even musically kind of that. And, and I was like, burn. probably, I just remember being told song with blast beats. Sure. Yeah. I was gonna say, I remember being or when listening, it was like bit. further in the, into the, the record. Um, but it was a thing where I was like, you know, this might be a new to a lot of other people where I was like, well, this is where I remember Tyler coming from, like just beasting on vocals. And it wasn't, and it's funny. You talk about, you know, going through your divorce. I remember you all sitting here and you being very, very trepidatious about the new, the soft song on the record, the EP you were about to put out about your divorce basically. And it's funny to hear you now, I think almost. I've only been doing this for so eight years. So I think it was about like eight years, years, almost a decade, <clears throat> like five years that we did that because that was right, right after Dakota and Brandon joined the band. So that was right. like, 
that was two years into the band uh by the time we okay. we uh had done that interview but yeah yeah it was definitely a lot you know things were different back then i was very i when this band started i just wanted to be a heavy band i didn't want to do i didn't want to be soft you know i wanted to be yeah i know and i remember you saying that you're just like i just don't i don't want to be a, a pussy band or whatever like i don't want people do to you think know like, the song do you know the song afflicted by any chance like from our off. discography off loose threads uh, heard that probably song. he probably hears a lot of music yeah so of, if, I, if I don't you, look at song titles anymore like because usually it's just sitting somewhere and it's just if you go back playing. and listen that's one of our biggest songs if not our biggest song it's like a big rock ballad was there a video for it threads yes yeah was it so the one if, where like you the 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 like weird uh thing over by my house like where you guys were like trying to uh Stop the bomb or whatever was it that video? Oh no 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 no! no, 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 no that's no. treading water. Okay. That's way out. <laughs> this was one where our old drummer got killed in a car crash. After this okay. conversation, remember that. go remember back that and one, listen yeah. to this. But this is where this is this was the headspace of Hollowfront back then. So this is our third release at this point, and they all went downstairs to go and have their first meeting with uh, the then our manager, manager Ryan Kirby, and I started writing yeah. "Afflicted," which was like this big epic. Like very rock, which is way different for them back then. And I showed it to the band, and they they looked at me. They're like, "We're not fucking Seraphim. This is not us. This is yeah. stupid." And I'm like, "Dude, if you were to just take this style of music and put Tyler's like emotional, like delivery over it, I I'm telling you, this is the fucking future of the band." And back then, they just wanted to be heavy or melodic hardcore heavy. <laughs> And there Not was no mixed. like there was no in between. And I'm so glad that I was able to like somehow maneuver my way into allowing because I was like, fine, fuck it. I'll just use it for Seraphim. And I'm so glad I didn't because I think the success of that song maybe put some confidence back into the band. I'm like, oh, OK, we can be melodic. We can do something other than being heavy. And plus, Tyler and I just don't enjoy straight heavy music anymore. But both he and I really like melodic shit. So. You I know, did when the like, band first started it because I was just I was angry. I think and it, it, I wasn't really like sad. I, I was sad, but I was more angry than sad. So I really wanted to like that. Yeah, now, we're, now you're just sad. Yeah, and no, I'm just sad. Just, <laughs> no, I'm not angry no more. Just sad. Uh, but I don't know. I just, you know, over the years, I've changed my views. You know, I'm not I'm, I'm not a person that's stuck in his views. You know, I've changed my views. You're like, the complete I, opposite now. You're like, I'm yeah, I don't fucking, like stop yeah. writing heavy shit, Lee. I don't care. Not like, that I like writing heavy stuff. I like breaking teeth. Like I like writing that's heavy fair. stuff. That's I like very... to have one or two really heavy songs on an album because to me that just it breaks up an album. I don't Your voice be... does really well with shit that's super. Yeah, because it's like, I've done I just that like forever. to hear it as like a music but, listener. I'm like, but for I can't me, wait to hear for Tyler me, it's like it's like well, I've done that. You know, I've done that so yeah. much. I, I want to yeah. sing and I want that that side of my voice to be heard. I was Not... afraid for you to hear the fucking electronic shit I made. I mean, we've talked. I like like I was like Tyler's gonna hate this. You're like, no, dude, this is different. I love this. I'm like fuck yeah, yeah. Man, so, I mean like there was uh and again because i i can't see my phone and what song is which i just there's a song in it and it might be breaking teeth uh there's a song and it's right before kind of the bridge if i'm not mistaken where you're the lyric is something to the effect of like um fuck i'm gonna totally blank on it because i couldn't even grasp that but like it basically goes into like a refrain and like you're you're doing a shout vocal but there's like it's like it's not a perfect take. Like it has emotion in it. Like your voice breaks during the vocal. And then it kind of goes into more of like the sung version of it. And it's something like, uh, it's probably oh, like, I think it's I think Will, it's Will I, run. I Run. Yeah. Yeah. Breaking okay. Teeth is like straight heavy, no singing, all Okay. Times. Never mind. But yeah, I think that um, one, because I do have like, uh, where I'm screaming, but I'm not like, it's kind of like more of a little bit. 
and then I and then I go into a singing part. It might be. I think it's Will I right. Run. Um, I think the moniker I just remember- for the album was like convinced whenever he would give those kind of like vocal takes. The thing that I kept repeating to him this album was convince me. Like mm. I, you can say the lyrics and you can scream the lyrics, but like I want you. You need to fucking convince me right now because specifically what you're saying at this specific part of the song, I need to fucking feel it. And every mm-hmm. time I would say convince me, he would go up ten percent. Be like, uh, uh-uh, convince me. He'd go up another ten percent, and until you would get to like a take where it's like, God damn, yeah, I fucking believed every word you just said. That we're onto something. So that's that's well, all I think him. I just think when you when you, it's like that's the thing is like when you hear his voice breaking because it's like he's feeling it and it's like honestly outside of and i know jesse does this quite a bit still but it's like it harkened like i was like ooh, that feels like jesse on our library just breathing that feels like other jesse from misery signals on like you know a mm-hmm. malice in the magnum heart like it's it's something that has to come out and it's not perfect although I know because of understanding how like recording works, it's like there was probably several takes of that, but yeah. that's the one that like no pun intended breaks through. Like it's like it's not perfect, and it's the imperfection yeah. that actually it doesn't need it to better. be perfect. It's yeah. more of it's it should be like very intuitive. It's like if you listen, we're we're so programmed as human beings to be able to tell when somebody's either going through something or if somebody's happy or sad or whatever you just need like as a producer or as a vocal tech or whatever your position is you you should be able to listen to whatever that person is doing and depending on the line depending on what what where the song is you should be able to be like okay this isn't connecting with what you're saying and let's keep doing it until like it actually makes me feel something and Hopefully, if the composition was arranged in a way that allows the vocalist to be successful, if you put that last 10% of effort into specific vocal lines, like, damn, that just made the whole song. You know, like when you're being heavy, as long as it's technical and pissed, like, cool. Like, pissed is its own mood, too, but like, specifically the emotional shit, like, if you really focus on that stuff, can it can help the song a lot. I've kind of like, because I, I don't want to keep, because you got about, 10 more minutes that you've given me before you got to absolutely go. Um, I have kind of a, a weird last question, but I think it kind of speaks to a, the, the uh, relationship that's been built over the years between you two, but also just getting older. Um, and that is twofold. So I'll ask it separately for each of you. So I'll start with Tyler. Um, and then I'll ask Lee and then you guys can both answer. So Tyler, at this point, this has been a project, you know, as we just kind of were talking about previously about how like you were worried initially about, you know, it not being just straight heavy and pissed all the time, like showing emotion. And then you were saying earlier in this chat, all these years later, like you couldn't imagine doing anything any other way, like vocally. What has, how have you, how have you noticed that you've grown from being in this band at just as a person, not even like doing the band, but like as a person, how have you, how have you realized that you've grown? And then to Lee, what I'll say is since you're so focused on from a more of a production standpoint, being in the band where you're saying like, give me 10% more, do it again, give me more, give me more. How have you learned over your career as a producer, but more as a friend to a lot of the people you work with? how to push but not overdo it how have you grown in that capacity as a person and um, do you realize that you do it in your personal life and do you turn it off or can you 
Sorry. He can't. No, can't. <laughs> <laughs> I answered the question for you. He can't. Um, yeah, I mean, I fuck. <laughs> in some way, like as a musician, as a vocalist, I've definitely grown. Uh, I don't know. I've had to make a lot of sacrifices for this band <laughs> uh, as far as like personal and, and just normal lifestyle. But I mean, I don't know. As music wise, I think I've I've grown to just just to be better. I I, I don't know how to really explain from the outside it. looking in, Tyler, your work ethic has completely changed. Okay, so you, I, you, I mean, yeah. like for maybe to give you an idea, like you're this isn't something that you I think you would be like, yeah, I work way harder, but you do. Like, like, hundred percent. The Tyler I met versus the Tyler now. Like, out of almost everybody I've ever done music with, you work harder than ninety nine point nine percent of them, and that Damn. is completely different. I need a raise. Like you, can I, can I say something harder. real quick to that? To that same yeah. thing, Tyler, as someone who used to book you <laughs> before this band, I can echo that sentiment because I, I feel like there would be your. From what little bit you and I worked together in that capacity, I feel like you did just enough just to get by. Like my natural talent, whatever's going to ha- happen, will get me there. And I don't feel like that's the same person that I'm talking to now all these years later. It f- feels like you definitely are someone who has taken responsibility. And and yeah, the focal, like you, your drive is way different than I when I first met there's, you. The main difference between that and then is those bands were just shitty local bands. Like I wasn't really trying to... Wasn't really, but how much of that is a mindset? Well, and I mean, yeah, yes and no, but I think the, I think the, the fact that this band found success because there was Spotify and all that stuff that all the stuff that, that wasn't there when I was doing local bands back in the, in the earlier days and, and just in finding people who, um, I guess I meshed well with where working wise and just, um, not just, not just people who were just doing this, like you said, just getting by, like I always wanted to 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 be bigger, but I never had um, someone like Lee where, you know, I, I can only do so much because I don't write music, you know, so I, I had I'd have band members that were, you know, we like, all right, we're going to write new music. And then it would take them five months to write a song. You know, it's like you you cannot you can't you can't um, work like that. You can't survive as a band like that. You need people that are constantly. That's all they think about. That's all they do. And that this band is what really brought that out in me because. I saw the little bit of success that we were getting. We got, you know, and Ryan Kirby from Fifth for Akeem became our manager. And like, when I saw that little bit of success that we were getting, I, my, my mind definitely changed. And I definitely had to, this band became a business. You know, I couldn't, I couldn't just do the little things just to get by because now, now my, my dream was close to being, you know, coming true as far as the dream back then. Um, it, w- it was close to coming true. And I, yeah, I think that work ethic kind of just came naturally because nobody, I, I had to, or it wasn't going to get done. And that's how I, and that's how I still feel. I, I, and even though that's not always true, I can Lee, have Lee and there's other people that help, help, help with us with stuff. But for a lot of time, I'm like, I'm going to do it. You know, I'm just going to do it, you know, because I feel like to me, this, this band has become so much of a part of me that it's all those other bands before, weren't weren't like that you know and i think that that's why this band was made from made for me which is weird because i didn't even actually start the band i joined after two members had already been in um and i think that i think that that's why my work ethic has changed like that and i think as you said i have a hard time like being like 
Maybe it's being humble. Maybe it's just maybe it's even something different than that. I just don't like hyping myself up. I, I was guess. gonna say it's it, dude. It's incredibly hard to do that. So a that's little bit. That's what I suffer from. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm really bad at that. I do like someone be like, "Hey, how you feel about being so good or whatever?" And I'm like, "Ooh, like I'm not." Yeah, you should you see know, my ass. It's, like, it's just to me. Yeah, it's just it's a natural thing. It's yeah, just a natural it is thing. for every. Well, as long as you know you're a stable non-shitty human being it should be <laughs> you know I'm stable, but i'm not shitty <laughs> yeah uh but yeah glee go on and answer your question mr producer um, so if if i recall the question was something along the lines of like where how far have i come in my ability to direct bands and how well am i how good am i at shutting it off i'll, I'll uh I it suppose- was sort of that it was it was more to the point of like knowing how far to push somebody Oh yeah, because I yeah, think yeah. I think that's a skill a lot of people don't understand. Because you can push someone to where it's it has the opposite effect of what you want. And they don't want to work with you anymore. <laughs> sure. So I've got a I've actually got a book that I'm trying to learn more about this from Rick Rubin that I've been reading. Mm. So I'm yep. still I'm still working on it because that is really the magic. It's like once you have your technical abilities down and you can mix and master at a certain level and you can play your instrument he doesn't at have a certain those. level. <laughs> exactly, but it's like that's why I was invested <laughs> in learning about him because. He is a he's successful a producer, even though he's not really a musician. And it's like, okay, cool. I have all these music skills that I've built. How do I build that other side of being a producer that I haven't really been focusing on? And it's tough because I've, you know, not not to say names, but I've worked with bands where it's like, okay, I want you to go in that room and I want you to write some melodies and they just can't do it. And it's like, there's only so hard and then they get frustrated and it's like, okay, this isn't the right way to work with this artist. They're less of a writer. They're more of a musician. It's my job to write for them and because I can't sing, but this person's a brilliant singer. So it's like, okay, I need to make, so you know what I mean? Like once you get to know an artist, you will know what their capabilities are and how to push and why to push them in certain ways. And that is my job is to be able to navigate this person's personality, this person's skill set, this person's artistry. Like if I do too much to this, it's going to make it worse. If I don't do enough, it's going to make it worse. How do I step into the correct bounds? And I think this isn't really a part of this, but it is when you come to my studio there, like I've got a bunk room right over there. Like the reason why I let bands stay here. And the reason why I form pretty close relationships to the bands I will still record is because I try to push them when they're here from a professional standpoint. It's like, okay, why are you not doing more for this band when you go home? And I'll sit out there with somebody and talk to them for like an hour about their life and like what they're going through and why they're going through. And it's like, how can I motivate you to be a better version of yourself, both musically and artistically, but from a work ethic standpoint. And that is the main factor that will kill or help a musician is where is their motivation? Where's discipline? Cause if you don't, for me, not to make the pun about the itch again, but it's like, I have a fucking itch to make stuff that I've had my whole life before I was a musician and a producer. I was a artist. I was an illustrator. I I went to school for, uh, medical illustration and all i did with my time was draw that's all i did and at one point that looked like it was going to be my career path but then i started doing the band thing and i did this um you know it in in high school that's all i did and on top of that like i just have always spent all of my time making shit so i can't imagine any other way and that 
inherently breeds success if you would rather do that than do something else. And if you don't have that trait, then how do I pull this amazing artist of a human being who's got all these flaws and all of these other things that make them a great artist? But I'm like, okay, how do I like convince them that they should be working harder and that it's not impossible mm-hmm. and that like we, you know what I mean? So I think if you talk to most people who come through here, like, yeah, Lee tries to motivate us. Like that's my main job It's motivating because it's like, I can't, I've got a billion things going on at once. I can't motivate you a hundred percent of the time, but I'm hoping that when you are in my house, that when we're working together, that I motivate you to be a better version of yourself. And I'm, I mean, I'm brutal, man. Like if I don't think you're, if you're living up to that, if I don't think that you're working hard, I don't care. Like, don't waste my fucking time. I've got other shit to do. I just like, I'm sure Tyler is seeing that. Like I, you know, if, if I give you an all love about you though, yeah, I mean, like if I, I you know, if I can ahead. interject a little bit on and talk you up a little bit since you did that to me earlier, uh, that's most one of the most things, the best things about working with you is that you're just you do motivate, but you don't like pussyfoot around it. You know, you're like you're just like you're like, you know, you suck, get better, kind of. So you know, not 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 still that brutal, but when we're friends, no, I've done that. When we're, <laughs> right, but when right, you know what I mean. But like, yeah. you, you know, it's not you're not you're not doing it vehemently. I do it to like drummers that. a lot. I do yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's like I drummers. It, I have a I program fucking, right here that can replace even, you. <laughs> I'm gonna. I have to be careful because I'm a dad now, and I can't bring this into every facet of my life. But I fucking hate excuses, and I hate laziness. And mm. I think there's a time and a place in your life where you need to be able to do both of those things to be a healthy person. And but like, if if I give you a due date on something and you don't do it, I like you do that enough times, and I just don't care anymore. And I'm just like, okay, there's I've I'm gonna focus on something else now. And the people that I still work with are the ones that have proven to me that they have over time improved, or that they have the ability to show up for themselves because like i mean writing a record is fucking 20 percent of the work and if you take that record home and you don't fucking put the work in i don't care it like i'm building i'm not this is something i've told other people who want to start studios but when you have a band come in you're not working with an artist you're working with a business partner especially Mm. if it's like okay i'm gonna write half this music with you i have stock i have shares in this company now via royalties it's like i have x amount of time throughout the year i'm only going to work with people who are also going to work hard and if tyler didn't fucking work hard we wouldn't be working together still if it was a bitch to get him to come through my studio if it was like pulling teeth to get him to do stuff this band wouldn't exist it wouldn't and it's like that it you have to get it from both sides and um that's why this band is still exists but yeah it is tough to not everybody knows me as the fucking critic if we're watching a movie if we're talking about something lee's got a got lee's got a goddamn opinion i can't shut it off and he hates most things yeah but it's like i always i always say when i'm saying like whenever we talk and it it was a joke for a while and it's still a joke but it's like i would be watching something i would just straight up be like lee would hate this everybody (laughs) does that too they're like yeah i was watching this thing and it's like i could hear you talking i know lee's gonna hate it And I'm like, I don't want you to experience this thing through <laughs> the lens. Me joy. Of the, <laughs> I don't want you to experience this thing through the lens of thinking about how what I would think about it because that's I don't do that with anybody. So I think that's unhealthy. But yeah, I'm I'm 
relentlessly me, unfortunately, all the time. <laughs> it's uh, it, it can it can be pretty bad. Well, you have about four minutes before I have to let you go at the absolute latest. So yeah, um, where can everyone find either of you or anything you would like to plug online? Um, you want to start, Tyler? Uh, yeah, uh, you you can find me at. Tyler L or Tyler Tate HF at uh, on Instagram. <laughs> I had to put the HF on it, you know, just so you know it's me. Uh, mm. and, and then, yeah, I mean, for Holofront, just Google it. <laughs> so it's, everyone's like, find where to find you, Google it. And plus, your favorite yeah. streaming service slash go to whatever. Spotify because that's the one I pay attention to. Yeah, Spotify because that's the yeah. one that, that yeah, Apple Music. Yeah, we don't get as many streams, but we we, um, we like it kind of. I, I have still get better. I have on, not uh, Apple. <laughs> I have less of a uh, shitty. Generic we all get over. My 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 name isn't as like shitty and generic as Tyler, so you can just <laughs> look up Lee Albrecht and find me really easily. Yeah, but yours is not as easy to uh, spell. People will yeah, spell but, your name wrong. I mean, all that's the, time. the charm, right? Like, if you can remember it, you'll be able to find me immediately. If you put in Tyler Tate, and it's like it's like, it's like a, Tate's estranged that? cousin. What's the what's that uh that root beer <laughs> Sprex right Spreckers. Spreckers, that's it, dude. Spreckers is my fucking shit. <laughs> I love, dude. Yeah, I, I yeah, best root beer ever. I'm, I'm not much of a drinker, it's, but it's I love. Though, but... I love root beer. So does my roommate. Lee loves perfect. sucking on us Spreckers. Yeah, it's my favorite. But yeah, just uh, Lee Albrecht via my name right there. Fuck you. Yeah, Tyler. I mean, really, we're not. We're more active on <laughs> Instagram than there. anywhere. I yeah. think Instagram is probably the best place to oh, follow yeah. us. Yeah, that'd be a good thing to mention. Yeah, I, uh, I pretty much only everywhere else. So we're I'm I'm a part of everything else, but it's I just don't. I put fucking hate TikTok. I, I don't can't. like Facebook. I'm old. I'm old, and Facebook sucks now. So, yep. I yep. recently went back and looked at Facebook for the last week or so just to see what the hell was going on. It's and it's crazy to see how many people are still using. I'm like, damn, I thought this died. <laughs> it's not. It didn't die like MySpace, but it's definitely it's on its way. Yeah, um, it's, I just check my yeah, memories, also, and that's about it. <laughs> Yeah, we're also in a band called Hallfront, if you didn't know. And we have a new album called The Fear of Letting Go that just came out. Uh, you should probably listen to it uh, wherever you listen to music. Nah. That was my that was my uh, my PR my PR plug. You should just wait for the next one. Yeah, don't listen to this said. one. This was yeah, an experimental album. <laughs> that's what that was. I <laughs> or guess it might be worse. I, I read something on Reddit that was just like, yeah, this is an in-between album for them. Just wait for the next one. I was like, damn, all right. <laughs> well, you know, That's actually pretty fucking funny. That's like one of the best things to say about like a movie franchise or like a band. It's like, yeah, just wait for the next one. <laughs> can, you imagine, like, can you imagine like you go see a Jurassic Park and somebody's reaction is I'm like, oh, it's shit or oh, it's great. It's like, wait for the next one. Wait for Lost World. You're going to love that one. Because <laughs> it, it, would, it, would, it would like suggest that like it would suggest that you like the band enough to be like, yeah, I, I'll check it out. But it's like, man, just fucking yeah. don't listen to this one. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, so, I love people's opinions on the that's internet. So it's funny. Great. I think it's. I think it's great. That's fucking I can, hilarious. I can tell you some doozies just from from this show alone. Where <laughs> I, bet, I bet, like, dude, it, the amount of like times I I, I disappoint people because <laughs> I didn't talk oh. about something, and I'm like. Like uh, a friend of mine who I won't mention the band, but like we went to go see his band play that he's most known for. And uh, the fan base is fucking awful. And oh, I texted yeah. him like minutes before he went on stage. I go, just so you're aware, your fan base is fucking wretched. And he goes, <laughs> I just he goes, the disdain I have for them. 
<laughs> and I wanted well, to show the asshole who was being a fucking prick. I want to be like, this is what the person you just paid all this money to see thinks of you. Fuck you. Well, I'll say fire this. shit. Don't talk I, to us. I though. think we have a really cool fan base given the context of what our music is about. But because we rub shoulders with like deathcore and metalcore, we get a lot of people that um complain and gatekeep and do all this stuff but it's, it's like metal i'm but yeah fuck it who cares we like, don't give a I, shit we don't yeah. care if you like it or don't no, don't we'll listen get, to us then. i just love this genre anyway and <laughs> this it's is like, the final end of this the end of this podcast if you, don't listen if you to change us. too much people no, are well, upset I mean, if you don't change enough people are no, upset or like so if, if you sound too uh, much like another band people are upset who gives a fuck yeah, I, I i make the stuff i make I'll leave it on this because like, it's funny. Like I'm bad at social. So like Instagram, I'll try to be like, Oh, here's what I'm listening to. And here's like, whatever. And I'll leave a link to it. A lot of times it'll be pop, hip hop, you know, R and B, whatever. Sometimes it's metal stuff. And it's funny. The people who follow me on Instagram, like I posted like TLC. I think I was listening to like digging on you. And I was like the amount of times I've listened to this song, like in a good pair of headphones. And I can tell you like, dude, listen to the way, like, Chili's like vocals and really like when I started like listening to that record I was like the way Babyface produced this album like mixed it and all this kind of shit I used to think Left Eye was kind of not like it was like what are you doing in this group you don't do anything and then you start listening to like the the stacked like vocal melodies and it's a lot of Left Eye doing the vocal melodies and shit and so like I'd be like yo listen to this song production wise it's fucking incredible like you could learn like bands can learn a lot of cool shit listening to other things and being like, yo, like, let's do this. Yeah. The amount of times I get called out for being like, you're a metal fucking podcast. and You don't like metal. And I'm like, oh, I do like metal. I love metal. But you can't just listen to the same shit over and over and over and over. Oh, no, like you got to bring in outside influences. Like it's the whole diet analogy or it's like if I had cake oh. every single day, I'd fucking hate it. But like cake is dope. Yeah. So like, yeah, sometimes cake, the band's cake. pretty solid, too. <laughs> yeah <that's bad. laughs> they're such a weird um, band but i gotta let you go lee you and i should do one uh separate not nothing against tyler but like wow like you fuck you tyler me. well tyler yeah, you've now been on three you're you're been on that's three times time. now maybe yeah, four man, i'm like three. A, i'm like no, three I'm, I'm a, a better human being but i also usually have a decent amount of time to do stuff like that because i just work at home so just well i was gonna say i can always bring my shit to you Oh yeah, that's fair too. Behind you, and eat those sour patch kids I see behind you. Yeah, the last artist that was in here bought two giant fucking bags of them them. and left. I will say it's my fault. I gave him an edible, and he, I gave him an edible, and he thought he was only ordering a small package, but he (laughs) got two. Yeah, he fucking left him here. I'm like, all right, well, they fuck up my tongue. I don't know if I can eat (laughs) all of these. Just leave them there. I'll tell you what, Lee. I'll tell you what, Lee. I'll bring my uh my Baja Blast edibles. Oh, he doesn't eat. He doesn't eat. No, edibles. if you want to see me like, you want to see me die? Yeah, you bad see idea. Lee on the other. I side. do love mushrooms though. Mushrooms are fucking dope. Uh, yeah, real fun way to some... end this podcast. Literally gonna end it. We love this. mushrooms. <laughs> Take it uh, easy. <laughs> my wife is leaving to go to Vegas this weekend, so I'm whenever she leaves or goes out of town, I do a guys weekend, and I invite like a small collection of like my my good guy friends. This whole weekend, like I'm just getting mushrooms, acid, and Fuck like yeah. Hell we're yeah. just doing that and like lighting shit on fire. <laughs> Enjoy, nice. my friend. You will have fun. Oh, I, will. Yeah, I gotta get out of here. Enjoy the rest Enjoy of your day. Your... Thank you so much for the time. And uh I'll sure yeah, I'm sure I'll see you guys. Tyler, along. if you guys end up connecting again, just give him my number and we can figure that stuff out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And uh good luck on your date, Lee. Yeah. And I'm Bye. gonna go back to no lifing on my PC that I got. So 
You're gonna play <laughs> Baldur's Gate. Thanks for listening uh, to us talk. Yes, I love all the human beings who have lasted this long. So that was my conversation with Lee and Tyler of Holofronts. Again, their latest album, The Fear of Letting Go, is out now. Go jam it. A lot of, uh, a lot of good, good songs on it. And honestly, I loved uh, you know the song Under Pressure with uh, Dakota kind of uh, sort of being a, a, I don't want to say a marriage, but sort of like a, a nice send-off to Dakota and, and also kind of uh, ushering in the, the new era of Holofront. I always love when bands are able to do that. Like, you know, you look at a band like Kill Switch Engage. Obviously, when The End of Heartache came out, uh, they did a song, Irreversible. There was like a bonus track on The End of Heartache album that brought Jesse back, seeing him do kind of the, the chorus and bridge section. And then obviously, once, you know, Howard had left and Jesse came back, uh, doing the Signal Fire, kind of getting to redo that. It's always great when when bands kind of are able to uh, navigate the the hardships of of change, uh, and show that there's, you know, no bad blood and that everything can kind of move on. And, um, you know, I'm just kind of, I don't know, maybe it's just because of like this, this past, uh, weekend being in Buffalo and, and kind of getting a better sense of that between two of the bands that I saw, you know, it dies today. Uh, this is the second show. Uh, actually, I guess technically it's probably like their third or fourth, but essentially, you know, it's, it's the first hometown show in Buffalo in like 10 years for it dies today. Uh, obviously Brooks, you know, left for a while and, you know, my buddy Jason, uh, filled in for the band for a few years, did a record and it's sort of this thing where sometimes I I feel like, uh, I guess we just don't understand like the personal relationships kind of that I think it takes to be in a band and and the sacrifices and all those kind of things. And and that sometimes when someone moves on, it's not because there's anything wrong with the person or anything like that. It's just life fucking happens and it's time to to move on and to, you know, continue and see where your life takes you from there. And it doesn't mean that there has to be some reason why something went south. And I mean, you even look sort of like better lovers. I mean, we all know what happened there. And it's, it's a thing where the thing I chose to, to look at and see is throughout both shows, the love and gratitude that, that both bands have for being able to play music in front of fans, new and old, and just the ability to get to do it. And I think, I don't know, maybe that's just kind of the, the adult way of looking at it, of, you know, not feeling like everything has to be so fucking sour and, and mean-spirited or whatever, but um, I chose to see a lot of positivity uh, this weekend in these bands going on. Uh <laughs> Obviously, Better Lovers uh, is doing a tour uh, early next year. I can't wait to see them here in hometown. And it dies today by all accounts. Uh, It does sound like there's going to be stuff happening. Uh, I won't comment on what, but I will say that there's a lot of news coming. You should all be stoked on it. And uh, I'm very much looking forward to 2024 for those dudes. It should be a great year. And... uh, yeah, Holofront. I think uh, they are continuing to do things on their own. I think there is a maybe a sense of renewed energy, uh, focus. Um, I think for Tyler, obviously becoming now just solely the vocalist in the band, the only vocalist, uh, I think that just kind of showcases a willingness and a desire to, again, push yourself. I, I think if there's kind of a through, through line of this whole episode, it's kind of never being afraid to challenge yourself and just push yourself into new places and, and explore and, and, and grow. And I feel like the band between Lee and Tyler, I think 
They have a clear vision of where they want to go, how they want to get there, and they're just not willing to compromise anymore. And there's some stuff uh, that Tyler and I talked about off record, uh, which actually we were joking. It should we should have just kept the, the recording going because we talked for like another forty minutes. And if if I wasn't so fucking busy, uh, this week would have probably been a hollow front week where there was more of Tyler and I talking about those things, uh, as well as uh, Lee and I finally getting to do a chat. But you know what? Those will happen when they're supposed to. Uh, I'll get reach back out to those guys and, and try to set those up. But. You know, I, I definitely think in getting to talk with them through the podcast and then before and after uh, that it seems like those two dudes have a very goal driven focus of what they want to do moving forward with Holofront. And I don't I don't see that not happening. I don't see it not coming to fruition for these dudes. Uh, I think most people who have a very clear idea of what it is they want to do and set the goals uh, and obviously listening to ta- listening to both of them during the chat, uh, you get a sense that they very much uh go after things in a big manner and and usually accomplish what they're setting after. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we see a whole lot more from them uh, next year and beyond. Um, I'm going to start wrapping up this episode because as you kind of can hear, I'm still losing my voice a little bit from, from all the yelling uh, between going to the show, uh, going to a Sabres game, uh, staying out at bars until about 4am because you know, New York's rad like that. And uh, yeah, just not a lot of sleep and going, 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 going. Uh, But that is, that is the name of the game. I'm not going to let it deter me from putting out an episode. Um, also, real quickly about that. Uh, the last handful of episodes I put out, I've been getting a ton of feedback. Uh, DMs, messages, uh, in-person things, uh, people sharing the episodes and so forth. And I just want to say how thankful and appreciative I am. Uh, I want to thank Rob uh, for sending me a Christmas card he has the last few years. Uh, always puts in there how much the show means to him. And is a thing where, you know, I, as I said, you know, in the intro, I'm not the greatest at taking compliments or or these things. Um, And even with the person I was talking to earlier, Dale, uh, who I talked about pretty heavily in the uh, Garrett from Silent Planet episode, actually how we started the episode uh, with Garrett. And, you know, these people that listen and and take the time to to say things, um, it's greatly appreciated. And, you know, the fact that you're getting something out of what I'm doing and, and able to pull from other people that you like, appreciate whatever it is about the guests that you like, uh, means a lot. Um, especially here at the end of the year, all those things basically of just kind of, it's an end of year and you're thinking about things. So thank you to everyone who has listened. It has been a, a wild year. Um, and I am very thankful for everyone who takes the time, who shares an episode, shares, you know, something about it, uh, it's always much appreciated. So thank you so much. Uh, if you would like to keep up with hollow fronts, uh, there is a link tree. It is in the show notes that will take you anywhere. Hollow front has anything. Uh, but if you are lazy, let me spell it out for you. Facebook at hollow front, Instagram, hollow front and Twitter at hollow front band. If you would like to keep up with Tyler, you can find him on Instagram at Tyler Tate underscore HF and Twitter at Tyler Tate HF. If you'd like to keep up with Lee, you can find him on Instagram at Lee Albrecht. I believe that's how you say his name. I'm really terrible with the vowels. I've always said that the, uh, living here in Michigan, but being from the East coast, which I just came back from and saw a bunch of it. And it also didn't help that there was a ton of Canadians, uh, that also made the trek. Uh, so hearing them talk for the last handful of days, uh, not sure where the, where the vowels go or how you'd pronounce them, but, uh, Lee can be found at his name on Instagram. And, uh, like I said, there's a link tree, uh, to literally everything hollow fronts. Um, so keep up with them. Uh, if you like keep up with the podcast, simple enough, Bruce speak pod on all the social media platforms. Uh, even the ones that I started and don't use cause I don't, I'm old and I don't get things. 
Um, if you want to email me, email me at brutallyspeaking at gmail.com. Uh, if you can rate, review, subscribe, do that if you can. If not, you know, it's fine. Just listening is more than enough, and I thank you for that. Uh, if you would like to help our sponsors uh, for continuing to support me and the show, head on over to rockabilly.com. Use our code brutally at checkout. Take 10% off your total purchase order. It is uh, great things that they're doing over there. They have so much merch, so much new stuff coming in for the holiday. They have just been really killing it with the the collaborations and exclusives that they've been doing. Uh, and I'm kind of privy to some that are coming up, and I'm, I'll just say that Frankie and the dudes over there are always fucking working. Um, I know there is a, <laughs> there is a Halloween, maybe Valentine's Day uh, thing that Frankie has been trying to get off the ground for the last, like, maybe year and a half. And I, you know what? Fingers crossed. 2024, it'll happen. Um, it's it's almost happened a handful of times. Uh, but that dude uh, and his crew are always just doing a ton to bring awesome merch and, to, you know, just bring fandom of music uh, to people. So shout out to them. And Starving Artist Brewery, uh, they are a great brewery who have one of my favorite slogans for a beer, uh, judge beer, not people. And they are, you know, great little company. Uh, that support their music uh, industry, support music. Uh, you know, one of my friends' bands in Heartsick, they have a beer that they've done with. Uh, there's a couple of other beers that have been done with other bands. And they just continue to do a lot for uh, smaller smaller bands in the scene itself. Uh, sometimes you'll see them out at shows here in, in the Michigan area. Uh, so it's just always rad to, to see people, you know, literally and figuratively putting their money where their mouth is. And, and those guys and gals do that. So go support them if you can. And for the Brutally Speaking Podcast, I will see you all next week where our episode's guest is Porter from Atreyu. That was a really great one. Uh, Obviously, Porter and I have gone way back, almost to the beginning of the podcast, and uh, he's become a really great friend. So can't wait to get that one out to you, and I'll talk to you all then.